millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There were three ravens sat on a tree Down a down, hey down a down were as black as they might be with a down. One of them said to his mate, Where shall we our breakfast take with a down, dairy, 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 down, down? Hello and welcome to a special Advent 2023 edition of the Three Ravens podcast. My name's Eleanor Conlon and I'm resisting the urge to take wing and fly south for the winter, snuggling up instead in my nest with my co-host Martin Vaux. <laughs> As you will know if you've been listening along, we're counting down to Christmas with 12 days of mini-episodes, culminating in our Three Ravens Christmas special on Christmas Day itself. Each of the episodes are inspired by one of the verses of the 12 Days of Christmas song. And today, we're on to six geese a laying. Yeah, thankfully the lyrics have calmed down now, because as a few people have pointed out, and as we said in the first episode, the earliest version of the 12 Days of Christmas song does run in a different order to the one most people know today. But from here on out, it settles down. And yesterday, you were talking swans are swimming, so we're on to a waterfowl double bill. Yeah. Emphasis on the bill. Oh, God. Did you get it? Bell? Like a bird? A bird's bell? Yeah, yes, Eleanor, I get it. So, dear listener, I have an annoying habit of, when we go to places where waterfowl dwell, looking at geese, which are a kind of bird Eleanor loves, by the way, and she'll say excitedly, look, geese! And I'll say, nah, those are just big ducks. And then when we see ducks and I get excited, you say, nah, those are just small geese. Yep, and it makes me laugh every time. But to be serious for a moment, Aren't geese basically just big ducks? No, they are not. And you <laughs> limit well know it, you silly man. <laughs> geese are obviously their own glorious 
species. Mm. There are actually 17 known species of goose. They, of course, have very long necks and weigh double what a duck does. So, necks aside, what you're basically saying is... No, no. As I alluded to earlier, geese... A magnificent species are famous for being migratory birds, flying very long distances to reproduce. When they're on the ground, a group of geese is known as a gaggle. But when they're in flight, they're known as a skine, the same word we use for a given quantity of wool or yarn. And when they fly, they do so in a V formation, don't they? They do indeed. And by flying in a V, geese are able to use the wind currents coming off the other geese in the sky and flying distances over 70% further than they'd be able to if flying alone. Wow, that's amazing. Good work, geese. A clear example of the benefits of teamwork. You know it, Martin. Teamwork makes the dream work. (laughs) Another very cool fact about geese is that from studying them, we know that not only do geese navigate by using visual landmarks, but they also navigate by use of the sun, the stars, and they can also sense the Earth's magnetic field. Whoa, so wait, are geese magnetic? Only in personality, (laughs) but like swans, they mate for life and they are incredibly loyal, not just in love, uh, where, for example, if one goose in a pair dies, they're known to grieve for at least three years before finding a mate. But also, when a new goose hatches... Into a gosling, like Ryan. Yes, just like Ryan Gosling. Mm -hmm. But when a new goose hatches, they bond with the first thing they see. Yeah. That means if a human is the first thing a gosling sees when they hatch, they'll consider that human to be their mother and follow them everywhere. Fair play. Ducks do not do that. And what about geese in folklore? Because the big one that jumps straight to mind is the source of the classic English idiom, the golden goose. Absolute banger, the golden goose. This one is about the youngest brother of three, who's neither strong like his eldest brother or handsome like the middle brother. And so the story goes, the eldest brother goes out chopping wood, taking with him loads of food to keep his energy up, but he encounters an old beggar who asks him for a morsel to eat. Mm -hmm. The brother refuses the old man and later that day he's cutting down a tree and it falls on him breaking his arm he makes it home but the injury means he'll never be as strong as he once was again what a doofus if an old beggar man asks you for a snack and you have food to spare give him some damn vittles honestly so the next day the handsome brother goes out but he doesn't take much food with him because he's watching his weight and so on staying handsome but does have some sandwiches and so on and the old beggar does once again ask him to share but no the handsome brother is too vain runs away from the rough looking man and dashes straight into a tangle of tree roots falling face first and uglying himself up forever in the process again just desserts i'd say never judge a book by its cover And then on the third day, the youngest brother sets out to chop the wood instead and takes with him a humble meal of burned bread and sour beer. Yuck. Again, he meets the beggar man, with whom he, of course, shares his meagre lunch. And then the old man transforms the food into a glorious feast, the sour beer into fine wine. And then when they finished eating, the beggar points to a particular tree that he recommends our hero chop down. This old man sounds like a really nice guy. I'm a fan. Gotta say. The younger brother, of course, heads to the tree, chops it down, and within the roots he finds a golden goose. When he turns round to show the old man, he's vanished. So the younger brother heads back to town with his golden goose under his arm. But the goose is, of course, very heavy, heavier than a duck. So he stops off at an inn to rest for the night. 
And at the inn, the innkeeper's two daughters spot the golden goose and then they set about trying to steal one of its feathers. And if they just asked, I bet the younger brother would have given them one, if not one each. But they didn't ask. <sighs> so while the younger brother's sleeping, in creeps the first sister to steal a feather. She's a bit of a beefcake, plough-pulling woman, but not so bright. And lo and behold, her fingers get stuck to the goose. Uh-oh. The second sister, who's very pretty, but again, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, attempts the same, and she too gets stuck to the goose. It's well, feathers. this is sounding impractical. Poor bloke has a couple of sisters stuck to his goose while palaver. And it doesn't stop there, because the morning after, the innkeeper, the parson, his sexton, and several labourers all attempt to take feathers or free the daughters, but they also get stuck. Uh, Everyone's stuck to this poor goose. Meanwhile, in the nearby castle, there's a king whose daughter has never smiled or laughed. And the king has promised her hand in marriage to whoever can make her chuckle. And there she is, sat by the window of the castle, being serious, when the younger brother walks by with his parade of people all stuck to his goose and she bursts out laughing. As you would, I reckon. So the king honours his promise and agrees to let the younger brother marry the princess. To thank him for his good fortune, the younger brother then invites the old beggar from the forest to the wedding, where he frees everyone from the golden goose's sticky clutches. The younger brother gives the goose to the beggar, saying he has no need of so much wealth, marries the princess, while his eldest brother marries the innkeeper's oldest daughter, the vain one marries the pretty sister, the parson and the sexton overseeing the ceremony, and everyone lives happily ever after. You can't argue with it. It's a classic for a reason. But it's notably distinct from the goose who laid the golden eggs, isn't it? Yes. The golden goose story is about being humble and willing to share, while the goose that laid the golden eggs is a bit different. That one, which comes to us via Aesop, is much shorter. And in it, there's a cottager and his wife, and they have a goose that they've raised from a goslin. It thinks they're its parents, Mm. tending to it carefully. And then one day, all of a sudden, it lays a golden egg. Just desserts for being good goose pets. Yeah. Amazed, they sell the egg, acquiring food, drink and fancy new clothes. Then amazingly, on the second day, the goose lays another golden egg. With this, they buy a new house, thinking they're going to live in luxury for the rest of their days. Only after a third day of such luck, they think, you know what? Why are we waiting for eggs each day? Let's just cut the goose open and reveal all the gold within. Only, of course, once they do this, killing the goose to look, they find out it was just like every other goose on the inside. (sighs) So in hoping to become rich all at once, they deprive themselves of the steady gain they were guaranteed day by day. I love that fable. Aesop is full of really good ones. And while the goose that laid the golden eggs isn't about being humble so much, it is about the danger of greed, isn't it? It's about patience, of course. Mm. Uh, The idea that if you work at something and tend to it, then if you're doing a good job in time, it will start to reward you slow and steady. But if you try to mess with the recipe or skip ahead, you're destined for disappointment. It's similar in a way to the myth of Icarus, isn't it? Which does actually involve geese. Yes, quite right. And in case people don't know that one, it's also brilliant and one of your favourites. Oh, it's amongst one of my all-time favourite stories in this part of the whole Daedalus-Theseus-Minoan cycle involving Pacify and the Cretan bull and the myth of the Minotaur, Ariadne, the death of Aegeus. Gah! 
Oh, go on then. You tell it. The Icarus part, at least. Really? Okay. Well, um, okay. So uh, Daedalus was the greatest inventor in all of ancient Greece, whose wife had died giving birth to their son, Icarus. But Daedalus was prideful. And when asked to care for his nephew, Perdix, he ended up teaching Perdix a few things about inventing. And Perdix, inspired by the jaw of a snake skeleton, invents the saw. Daedalus is so jealous of this invention, he takes Perdix up to the top of the roof of his house and throws him off, killing his nephew. Wow, I didn't know that bit. That's horrible. It is. Anyhow, so Daedalus then grabs his son, Icarus, and flees to this rebel island nation of Crete, ruled over by King Minos. Enemy to Greece, where he lives for many years. He invents all kinds of things for Minos, including a mechanical dancing floor for Ariadne, Minos's daughter, the labyrinth beneath Minos's palace at Knossos for keeping the Minotaur, the half-bull, half-man offspring of Minos's queen, Pacify, and the Cretan bull, and more besides. But Daedalus and Icarus are, in effect, trapped on Crete. They're held there kind of like prisoners by Minos. So one day Daedalus is walking the shoreline and he sees geese in flight migrating and from this he's inspired to build wings for himself and his son so they can fly off the island and escape. Clever idea but kind of risky. Yeah so Daedalus builds these wings out of goose feathers and driftwood holding the wings together with wax and takes Icarus up to the roof of the palace of Knossos just as he'd taken Perdix up to the roof of his home on the mainland and fitting the wings to his son he says Icarus do not fly too low over the sea or the feathers will get wet and you'll crash into the sea and drown and neither should you fly too high for the sun's heat will melt the wax on your wings and you will fall from the sky to your death and he pushes Icarus off and luckily his son takes flight Daedalus then flies after him but Icarus spies geese in the sky nearby and soars higher and higher like those geese and Icarus flies too high the wax melts and he falls from the sky just as his father had warned it's such a great story all about hubris or excessive pride or confidence paying the price for past crimes and about the importance of moderation as well Do we know what happens to Daedalus after that? Well, yeah, there's more to his story. It's so interesting. But he's ultimately bitten by a snake, the snake's jaw, being what inspired Perdix, who's also known as Talos, while out walking, and he dies from the poison. Those Greeks, they knew how to spin a yarn, didn't they? They sure did. As for geese, though, there's more we haven't covered. I mean, Mother Goose, for example. Yeah, well, Mother Goose is, rather than a story, a storyteller. So early collections of folklore and fairy tales from the 16th century onwards were said to have been told by Mother Goose, possibly most famously collected by Charles Perrault in The Tales of Mother Goose in 16th. But again, Martin, these are mini episodes. We best try and wrap this up. True enough. Not least as today also marks the release of a brand new Mainline Three Ravens episode where you're talking all about the history and folklore of Buckinghamshire. Even so, I do think it's worth saying that compared to the swan yesterday, which is more about beauty and purity and innocence, the goose represents very different things, doesn't it? Definitely. There's something more moral about the goose in folklore. Yes, they are faithful and good, like Mother Goose, but they're also about teaching us lessons about how to be good, which sets them apart, I think. Yeah. Plus, they make great honking noises, which I very much appreciate. <laughs> you want to give us a honk? Oh. 
That was very quiet. <laughs> well, I don't want to um, pique the audio for our poor right, listeners. Very well. Well, anyway, I guess maybe I can concede that they aren't just big ducks after all. You need to be quiet. <laughs> Dear listener, thank you very much for listening and we will be back tomorrow with another Advent mini episode. And what will that one be, Martin? Five gold rings! Excellent. Well, until then, while our geese have waddled off that way, we'll go this way. And remember, don't whistle until you're out of the woods. God sent every gentleman Such hounds, such hawks and such lean man With a down, derry, 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 down, down Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.